It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. The election was stolen. We went from an intelligent friend to a dumb dictocrat, a rich Republican who has never held a job in his life, is against affirmative action, against education, I guess he is, <laughs> against health care, against benefits for his own military, and gives tax breaks to the wealthiest contributors to his campaign. Governments when it came to treating the citizens of African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, build bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating our citizens as less than human. God damn America as long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. The United States government has failed the vast majority of her citizens of African descent. America's chickens coming home. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. matters. And now, Janice Graham. And good evening, and thank you, Bill Singleton, for all of that. I am Janice Graham, and welcome uh, tonight, Wednesday night, open mic here at Our Common Ground. It is the Black Truth Sanctuary. Please take your seats. The applause, please end it so we can begin all of this stuff. We've got so much stuff. To continue, I mean, some of the stuff we've been talking about for weeks, you know, and when I listened to Reverend Seco on that opening and the Soul Stirrers, um, I love him. I don't know where he is. He's he's always somewhere. I know he was out uh, in doing during the protests in in Minneapolis and. He, I mean, he goes where he is needed. Uh, he is a minister located in uh, the Boston First Church of Jamaica Plain, and um, he hosts a monthly hip hop and rap and open mic night for young people in the Boston area every on one Friday night um, a month. So it's very hard to keep up with him. But when you listen to his song, and he just started singing like five years ago. He wasn't, and and he came up with this um, resist, and it is just fire. I mean, it lights my soul. I don't know about you. Uh, for, for those of you who are new, thank you so much for joining us. And if you'd like to join in on the chat, uh, you can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Uh, we have seats available and you and good seats available right up front, right up front. And for those of you who are listening on the smart device and continue to call in on our listen, listen line just to listen, thank you for, for joining us um, since last week. Things, you know, it's almost like things have not stayed the same. They've just gotten worse. I don't know if you're feeling that, but I'm I'm certainly feeling that. Um, we are getting so many miss um, cues about the COVID nineteen um, pandemic, and I am hoping that all of you are making every effort to say stay stay safe stay safe in your homes and in your communities and that you are if you have to go out you are doing the social distancing uh requirements to try to keep yourself safe and and keep others safe and that you're wearing masks i'm still wearing gloves uh if i need to go anywhere uh, where it's not my house, Um, and I'm still cleaning off my 
steering wheel if I have to go in and take the gloves off and then doing all of the things then because I'm I'm committed to staying safe because uh, one I'm high risk by age and by physical um, medical history and I want to see my grandchildren. It is not. It is not. I am. I am not going to let it come for me. Because I want to see my daughter, I want to see my grandchildren again, and until things calm down, I won't be able to do that. Um, and I'm hoping that things will will calm down for all of us. But let's go over some of the numbers so that people don't get comfortable. As of today, there are four million. 973,568 coronavirus cases, confirmed cases, in the United States. There have been, as of today, 161,601 deaths and 2,540,137 American Residents have recovered uh, from the virus, the coronavirus, but we really don't know to what extent those people have lifelong or long-term disabilities and physical uh, impairment and illness, even though they recovered from the virus. Um, 94% of all of the people who have been hospitalized and recovered uh, continue to be in recovery. 6% uh, of all of the cases have culminated in death. So uh, let's let's look at uh, some of the numbers because it's amazing to, tonight – I always check the Palm Beach Post in the, in the morning and in the evening, and Florida is reporting 502,739 new cases since last week. Since last week. Uh, update on the county in which I live, which is Palm Beach County, um, has 35,000. 283 cases with 897 deaths for those of you who are tuning in from Palm Beach County. Um, so uh, it, it, this, you know, and they're not changing for, I'm, I'm looking for um, states that, you know, uh, California has the highest number of cases. Florida is the second highest, Texas with 482,101, and New York is at 400, 447,000 uh, cases, and Georgia 201,000. And you don't get out of the 100,000s until you get to states like, uh, why don't I look at this? The states that have under 50,000 cases are uh, Colorado, Iowa, 
Arkansas, Utah, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Kansas, Nebraska, Idaho, and it goes on from Idaho to New Mexico, Oregon, Rhode Island, Delaware, District of Columbia, South Dakota, West Virginia, North Dakota, New Hampshire, Montana, Maine, Alaska, Wyoming, Hawaii, and Vermont has in the in the continental United States has the lowest number of cases, 1,436. Puerto Rico has 19,651. And the reason I point that out is because Puerto Rico's medical uh, support infrastructure is not very good, not very good at all. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the causative um, effects of our federal government's inability to address and manage the pandemic. They're not. They have a task force, yes. They have um, the two experts on the task force, the the people who are the experts, they are subjugated and um, marginalized within the task force. And we're getting nothing but a pack of lies out of this task force because the president, when he decides he wants to do uh, a Trump for re-election rally, he goes in front of the cameras at 5 o'clock in the evening so that's when people are watching the news so that people will have to watch him instead of watching the news on all the networks so that he can get in his shots at the Democrats. He can get in his propaganda. The propaganda machine is just crunching and crunching and crunching. And it's not just on coronavirus because he says it's the coronavirus update, pandemic update, and he talks about it for a second, and then he starts talking, uh, spewing the lies and propaganda that he wants to propagate as part of his political campaign. And we're allowing that. I, I can't get my head around that either. For you know, I I tweeted to MSNBC last week one day. I was so disgusted, and I wasn't going to listen to it. But I, I just asked MSNBC. You have fine analysts on your network. Why are you allowing Donald Trump to hold a campaign rally for one hour, two days in a row on your network? Why don't you just say to your reporters, watch it and report it later on or whatever? And the, and, and, and here's the other thing is that none of the networks, after listening to Donald Trump for a whole hour, are doing fact time, real-time fact-checking. When you know you've got um, 
sociopathic liar, a psychopathic liar, as a president. It should. It, it just makes sense. But you know what? They're doing it because they want to do it. They're doing it this way because they want. And the other part, you remember way last year, a year, year and a half ago, we were all talking about, oh, we can't allow him to normalize the lying, the misinformation, the the untrue, untrue information, um, the the actual opposite. I mean this this man I mean I don't know if you have any people in your family you know anybody at work or you know anybody in your neighborhood or your friends anything who will look you in the face and tell you a lie lie on you lie on others uh and and tell you a lie as though it were the truth and expect that you will believe it that's who we've got in the White House. And, every, you know, I don't want people, and I know we're talking about coronavirus right now, but I don't want people in regard to the coronavirus and the pandemic to be misled. But there are so many people who are misled. I One of the patterns that you can see if you are a Twitter user, and I'm a, I'm a heavy Twitter user, um, I was on Twitter for a long time before I ever even did anything on it. But it's really interesting that when people correct or respond to him with factual information on Twitter, all of a sudden you see hundreds of people who are testifying, witnessing, and explaining and furthering the lie that he just did but 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 Facebook got him today, and you know I'm not a big fan of Mar- Mark Zuckerberg at all. But he tweeted something about the coronavirus and children today on. Uh, uh, he posted on uh, today on Facebook, and Facebook took it, took it down. And and in its place was an explanation that it was not factual information about and harmful that was a good word harmful information uh about coronavirus and they took it down i don't know how that's going to um sit with him but i i do want my you know at our common ground we've been family for a long time we've been family for a long time i talked to an Our Common Ground listener on the phone today and realized that he's been listening to this program since 1986. 86. I said 86. That was before the Internet. That was right at the crest of the Internet. Because um, I've been a geek a long time. My first home computer was a Apple IIGS. And my first computer on my desk at work, nobody else had computers on their desk at work, but I was just curious, and I said, I want one. And the only thing the thing could do was send an email. And and I was one of the few people out of maybe 
600 people in the building who had an email address. It was only three of us who had email and three or four of us who had email addresses. And I didn't need to talk to those people, but I was just curious. So, uh, and, and this was a computer company, by the way. But anyway, <clears throat> I think that we have to be very careful and we have to carefully vet the information. I decided that the only information that I'm going to pay attention to are the three doctors who saved my life, and they know my my medical history. They understand what my body does, and that's who I'm listening to. And if you don't have medical doctors who care for you, and who are helping you to get through this pandemic, sending you information or telling you where you can get the information, uh, then you need to check that person. Because every week I'm getting a bulletin, and that may be because I'm higher risk than most people. But anyway, stay safe. And we still are open to talk about the, the this notion of opening a school. I think one of the things that happened last week was in Georgia. A summer camp opened, and all the children and the staff went homesick with COVID-19. Two days. didn't take but two days. It was a summer camp. So we're open at 347-838-9852 to to talk with you, to entertain your comments and your understanding of where we are in this pandemic. I think people have to be very careful, and I hope that all of you are, that you are not pulling back from wiping down the jars and and stuff you bring home from stores, um, especially uh, things that are hard surface, plastics. Plastic is a hard surface. Um, And that when you bring in stuff from the market, that you're uh, using antibacterial wipes to wipe down the surfaces and keeping your children Uh, and the young people that you love, the little ones who have to be reminded about washing their hands and trying to keep their hands out of their faces, which is um, a very hard thing to do. And that's why I have concerns about schools opening, especially with, I mean, people are thinking that somehow we're on the other side of the curve. We're on the original side of the curve. We haven't hit the peak yet. Um, and and all the experts are telling us that. So if and, – and, and these anti-maskers and people who are running around – there was a Tennessee – I think it was Tennessee – a Tennessee um, representative in the U.S. Congress – who was on a tear about coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic being a hoax, and he was hit by the virus 
uh, over the weekend because it was reported on Monday. Uh, I read that on Monday. The other uh, thing that I think all of us need to do is to check with our friends, to check with, with the people that you love uh, about what they're doing. I mean, I gave birth to a uh, uh, runaway cowboy, cowgirl, and I, I sometimes have to put her in check and say, look, you're behaving like this thing is over, and it's not over. You've already had it. You can get it again. You had it very early, so your your stuff probably already ran out. Your antibodies already ran out. So you need to cool your 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 jets on the kind of things that that you are doing, um, especially with working with. If you work with, um, my daughter happens to work with the the the, the products that they bill. Um, she's always checking parts that come from China, parts that come from Malaysia, and they're all mostly stainless steel uh, and plastics. She takes a look at them when they come in and blah, blah, blah. You know, wash your hands and, you know, and, and make sure you're using this um, um, sanitizers. And people have known how important that is in the workplace for a long time. I mean, I, I work for the federal government, and every three months they were delivering some more sanitizer and sanitizer wipes on your desk. Routine. Um, part of that was about the flu and about uh, common colds and about some people's hygiene, but we won't talk about that. So let's be real cool about it. The other thing that is, I keep bringing this up. I keep bringing bringing it up, and, and I keep calling it Trump's evil empire. There is, there are only two agencies in the U.S. government right now that continue to have an inspector general, because he's fired all of them. He appoints them so he can fire them. And and that's problematic because that's like uh, cities and towns deciding, oh, we don't like oversight, we don't like policing, we don't like people testing our behavior against the law, so I want to be above the law, fire the police department, don't have a police department, don't have anybody that enforces the law. Because essentially, the inspector general in the federal government system is the police department. So here we are trying to figure out what happened to the inspector general report, uh, an investigative report on Donald Trump's behavior and asking Woody Johnson, the ambassador to Scotland, to ask the Scottish government to have their national golf tournament at his golf course. And Woody Johnson did it because Woody Johnson wants Donald Trump to do him favors too. And there was an investigation, and now the investigation is missing. The inspector general was fired, and the deputy inspector general, who was supposed to follow up on it, he quit. 
other piece is that what's happening with the Census Bureau. The Census was expected to continue into September. Now this administration has decided that it's going to cut it a month short. It really doesn't like what it's seeing, the numbers. So Donald Trump figures and the and these corrupt traitors in the um in the Republican Party figure if they can stop the census now, they can do a better job of gerrymandering for their party and for their friends. We can talk about that because it's Trump's evil empire. The big thing, and, and I don't know if all of you were with me uh, the night at, after I read David Enright's book, uh, maybe about two month, two and a half months ago, and I was raving about Deutsche Bank and Trump's history with Deutsche Bank. Well, I think we, you know, the making of uh, Donald Trump by David K. Johnson, I think we have should have been very concerned that the fact is that we have a mob criminal empire running being the president, <laughs> Our president is a criminal. So we can talk about all of those things, and and I do want to talk about the census, and I want to ask you a favor. You can go to 2020census.org and complete your census forms right now while you're listening to this show, if you're not going to call in, if you're not in the chat room, or even if you are in the chat room. And so we're going to have a census party. While we're on the air tonight, those of you who have not completed your census forms, please go online, 2020census.org, and complete the form. It takes less than five minutes. Because these people are trying to run a game. They are running a game. You know, I keep saying this. These people got a plan. And they're carrying out their plan. And I see 773 just popped up on the board. And I know he wants to talk about their plan. And before I take his call at 773, you all know who 773 is, right? He is madder than a... Uh, raccoon on fire. <laughs> he just can't help himself. If you just joined us, this is our common ground. And we hope that you'll stay in touch with us at www.ourcommonground.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at hashtag JaniceOCG and Facebook at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. It's something like OCG. Uh, talk radio or something like that, but you can find us. So <clears throat> we're going to take a short break, a very short break. And while we're taking this break, uh, just open up another browser tab, go to 2020census.org, and complete your census. And make sure you're asking, you know, this is how activism operates. You're constantly on the plan. That's why they win and we don't, because we think uh, it's over after we talk about it. Well, it's not over after we talk about it. 
Make sure everybody in your family, I'm doing my hands like my, I hate people when they when they tap their hands while they're talking. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you calling up the troops or something? But make sure that your friends, the people you love, your family, you know, because there's a difference between people you love and your family sometimes, uh, and and your colleagues. Everybody is filling out this census. And maybe the thing to do if you go on uh, Facebook or YouTube or whatever, whatever shows you listen to or watch, uh, why don't we make a point as an Our Common Ground family that for the next five days, every day, because every day, I know most of you are on Facebook, go on Facebook and ask the question of the people who follow you or your friends on Twitter and Facebook, have you completed the census form? Or, you know, tell them something about the census form to do it or whatever. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break and when we come back. And in the second hour, we've got something for you. Um, because I've been trying to share the, share it with you for the last couple of weeks and, and we don't get to it. And don't forget to please pass the word on Saturday night. This coming Saturday night on Our Common Ground, our southern comfort, claiming the power of the porch with my good friend, my comrade, my sister in the struggle for many, many years, Ruby Seals, because she thinks that we need to sit on her porch again for a little bit. We'll be right back. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Every 10 years, the census comes along, and it seems like everyone I know always asks the same two questions. What is the census, and why does it even matter? Let me give it to you straight. The census counts every single person living in America. An accurate count of our community tells us where there are more people, and where there are more people, there are more needs. Our participation could impact how public funding flows to our schools, health clinics, senior care, job training, and housing. It even determines our congressional representation. I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like the census matters to me. This year, take a little time for the 2020 census. You can complete it online, by phone, or by mail, and make sure you count everybody you live with. Your mama, daddy, sweetheart, babies, roommates, everyone. This chance only comes every 10 years, so let's step up and be counted. Shape your future. Start here. Learn more at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. And you are listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you for being with us. Our number is 347-838-9852. What's on my mind tonight? Trump's evil empire. What are you thinking about in uh, children being sent back to school? Oh, by the way, Baron Trump's school is not opening. They're going to do remote. 
and the whole county and where his school is located, they were going to go back. But once his school decided that they weren't going to do it, the whole county decided they weren't going to do it. And I also, on the other side, on the, in, the, in the second page, I want to talk about political accountability, whether or not we're slipping. Black people are slipping on political accountability. We're not holding anybody. And um, Corey Bush, the activist from Ferguson, the Ferguson Rising, she won the primary in Missouri, against Clay, Bill Clay, whose family has been in that seat for, you ready for this? 18 terms. A Clay has been in that seat. And congratulations to Corey Bush. Corey Bush was on this show doing the Ferguson Uprising uh, remote because we had Ruby Sales down there and she was our reporter on the ground because we had it going like that. We also want to uh, talk to you about um, the corruption around the census, the corruption around Trump, Trump's criminality and 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 Cy Vance, the um, New York prosecutor, uh, has now been able to subpoena. Dorsha Bank for the records to be able to demonstrate that the president is a felon, uh, has committed felonies in regard to bank and insurance fraud. Whoa, we got a lot of stuff going on. 773, I'm bringing you on the air. I respect you, my brother, and you've got the floor. I don't need the floor. I just need for your listeners and my listeners to believe one thing, the truth must be spoken more than once because the lie is being perpetrated over and over again. He sends 30, 40 surrogates out in in a couple of days, and they repeat, and they're right on, they're they're on point, and they repeat the same lie. Sally Yates this morning, Alpha Sally Yates this morning couldn't get the spit off her tongue before the propaganda machine was churning like crazy about her credibility on Twitter. Well, she handles herself well, but I'm going to say it like this. It doesn't matter. And see, the problem is that we are so caught up we we are we are in a in who is a position we? Where who is we, Alpha? Who is we? We you. we as the other side. We as the other side. And you're in it, I'm in it, and we don't want to be in it because we know what the problem is. But you see, you have people who are in political positions and the Democratic Party in the progressive part of the Democratic Party who can't seem to understand messaging. The Republicans are messaging with lies and misstatements and the whole nine yards, but they are doing it constantly 
over and over again. So that's the message that will carry. So you're right, Sally Yates didn't open her mouth with, with two good sentences. And Lindsey Graham was cutting her off and the whole nine yards. And therefore, the lie that Lindsey Graham put out there in the question, in the form of a question, is what resonated with the listening audience. She was immediately on the defensive. Donald Trump has killed 160,000 Americans. Now he wants to kill your children. And that should be one of the messages. They just had to quarantine 22nd graders who just went back to school one day and one of them tested positive. Now all of them have to be quarantined. Now, imagine a second grader. What is that? Uh, Seven, eight? That's seven years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. Imagine a seven-year-old having to be quarantined. He may be able to see his mother or his parents or some familiar support, but he can't touch him, talk to him. This is a second grader. And he wants your children to go back into a hostile environment. The teachers will get sick first because they will pick up from an asymptomatic child. Then that child will get sick. And next thing you know, they got to close the schools down. But what about all of these children that are sick and the teachers that are sick, and the teachers that will die. Ask Herman Cain if it was worth it. Herman Cain <laughs> went to a rally with no man. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean. I My mean, I'm, 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 um, I'm not a person who, who, who just oozes empathy for that type of stupidity. I'm I'm just not that person. Uh, well, who was that? Rick 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 Rigsby. He said, "Make sure your servant's child is larger than your ego. Ego is the anesthetic that numbs the pain of stupidity, and that's what Republicans are. Those people who believe that." What comes out of Donald Trump's mouth? And if you notice how he talks, his his initial point that he wants to emphasize, he says it three or four times in a matter of four or five sentences. He repeats that point over and over and over, and it's repeated time and time again. And then his surrogate. You can say, right, his surrogate do the same thing. You can say, the death rate is a thousand a day. It is what it is. And he'll say it was you know, he was flustered, frustrated, but he said it anyway. Right away Joe Biden has a campaign ad out for it. Okay, fine. But what's missing from this campaign ad is another ad simply saying 
Now, Donald, he's opened the economy too soon. The pandemic has reappeared with a vengeance. People are dying in record numbers. Now he wants to kill your children. Protect your children. Do not send them to school. And that should be the message coming from the Democratic Party. But here, here, here's another flaw in the Democratic strategy. I don't even know if they have a strategy, but in the DNC, I, I just don't, I just don't know if they have one. But nobody is saying that Donald Trump never closed down the U.S in response no, to the p- pandemic. They're not saying that. No, They're didn't. allowing him to say that he shut down travel from China in March, and that was the federal response. And nobody has responded to that on on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a national platform. The other flaw, oh. if, if, if I was on the board of the DNC, one of the things we that that I would insist that has to be done is that a million dollars would have to be spent on shows like Our Common Ground and other shows playing these ads, and, uh, you know, like Scotty Scotty Reed's uh, um, Black Talk Network, India Show, a whole bunch of independent. Where black people are listening, they're listening by podcast, they're listening live, whatever, um, and 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 talking about whatever he uh, Biden is talking about because I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I really don't know what he's talking about, and I read five newspapers a day. The need for Biden to speak is. You can't eat while yes. you're on the show, Alpha. <laughs> Stop it. I'm not eating anything. I'm not oh. eating anything. Okay. And, well, I, I was just trying to get a word in anywhere. That's why it sounds like my Oh, I see. Before. Yeah. Okay, that's Alpha. It's word. And the need for Biden to speak is nil. Donald Trump will supply you with everything. He's, he's doing it for himself doing it to himself. And all you have to do is pick up the food off the ground, and they won't do it. They yeah, but, but, but it. Here's, he here, here's, here's my point. Biden doesn't have any surrogates. The, well, Ber- the Bernie people, that? you know, I, I, I talked to Nina Turner last week, and I asked her, the Biden people using you to do something? She says, I don't even no. know if I want to. Yeah, and 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 she's a she has a perfect platform for it because people well, follow she her. A, she makes a quote and says something about she'll die in the gutter or something before she votes for Biden. Yeah, she, but the thing is that, that she, she knows how to beat up Donald Trump. That's what I'm saying. For Biden. She's not going to do it. I don't care who she's doing it for, but she knows how to do that. Well, she's too bitter. And you know that. Yeah, I know that. 
and she's too bitter to do it. She's too bitter to do it. Bernie didn't win. They stole it from Bernie. She's sitting in the corner with her arms folded like Donald Trump. No, no, no. She's she 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 don't come off of that. Uh, a lot of the the leadership in in Bernie's Bernie has has kind of like organized them to do some stuff. But anyway, what I'm saying is they don't have the active day to day surrogates like the Republicans do. Republican representatives are on Twitter, and every day they're telling, they're repeating Donald Trump's lies. They're explaining Donald Trump's lies to make it seem like it's not a lie. But go ahead. What's up? What else is on your list, Alpha? I'm sorry to jump in well, on your time. No, you're not. No, you're, you do it all the time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. Yeah, you're right. I'm well, not. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I've known you, to, and I can't get in your chat room, by the way. Um, it's asking me for my password, you know, under under my um, username. It's asking me for my password. Well, my uh-huh. password is is saved, but I can't show it. So I don't know it. That password's been there for 10, 12 years. 100 now. years, I know. Yeah, and I, I, I have to do is after well, we said it. I, uh, I think, you know me. I, I think in my records I have your password. Well, I, I hope you do because somebody needs to tell me something. Because yeah, for, yeah. This, for your show, and it's, it, the, getting into the chat room has never needed a password. They use the name and a password. Yeah, they verify so, like, they do no security. So, Alpha, let me ask you a question. What What do you think? What do you think is the the biggest problem uh, going on as we we hit the ninety day going into the election today? It's ninety days. That's all. Um, that's all we can. Uh, that'll be. Uh, Murder she wrote by by November 3rd, I guess. Well, let me put it like this. This man has blown through all the norms in law and order. He's blown through all the norms about what you don't do. He's fired all of the uh, inspector generals. He's ignored all of the subpoenas. He is like the wolves at the gate. And there, yeah, he's right yeah. at the gate. And if he wins this election, it's game time. It's checkmate. It's game over. And that's why it's so important. This is why they brought on Kanye West to suck some of these black votes out of Michigan, Wisconsin. If we can suck the black votes out of Michigan and Wisconsin and simply suppress the rest of them. Uh, LeBron James has a group that's looking to pay the fines of the uh, ex-cons who are being charged of a poll tax to vote. So LeBron James and some some other athletes are looking to pay their fines. The same goes for Iowa. The Republican governor in Iowa 
just gave their ex-con uh, the right to vote. So you have to, you really have to look at what the Republicans are doing because the Democrats ain't doing jack. They're doing nothing because Donald Trump is is literally shooting himself in the foot twice a day. Twice a day he shoots himself in the foot, and it just for him to even believe that he has a chance to win this election is troubling because he has a chance to steal this election, and that's why he's continuing to do what he does. And people have to people better recognize he is good at what he does. You may think him to be an illiterate clown. He is. Uh, Unknowing fool. He is. He's all of that. But he's a better criminal. He's a better grifter. He's a better mob boss wannabe. And it's not just him. He's talking to Vladimir Putin. And he's being walked through holding his hand, walking through how to destroy our democracy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when it's all said and done, when he loses, they should go get him on the 21st, lock him up on the 21st, have the indictment waiting for him. I hope Syvans in uh, Southern District of New York has has an indictment waiting for him. He's what, uh, Michael Michael uh, Cohen? He's already the unnamed uh, defendant number one. So he should have an indictment waiting for him. It's that simple. Well, with that, it's, it's never that he, simple in America. It's never that right, simple in America. He's liable to get on a plane and go to Russia and sit there for an asylum until the statute of limitation runs out of all his criminal criminal ventures. But I'm but, pretty you know, sure I think he's I think he's a, a a lot more arrogant than that. But, you know, we do a lot of talking and assessing of the corruption and the criminal empire that Donald Trump is running without a a comprehensive understanding that the system of capitalism is going to allow him to survive. The people who have the power currency are not going to let him fall because that means they become more vulnerable. They, their vulnerabilities are exposed. So I think we have to, you know, we have to look at Donald Trump, but we have to look at the system that has allowed him to be above the law. I mean, the way in which he's used the military to um, um, to, to send in, um, uh, the, the government to send in goons to threaten and hurt and injure American citizens. I mean, you have you can go all the way back to the way in which he handled the major hurricane 
in Puerto Rico. We had a president who really did not respect the idea that Puerto Rican citizens are American citizens, that he had no respect for any of the laws for which he disagreed. It wasn't a matter of disagreement. It was a matter of he didn't like it and he wanted it his way. And his way is based on a system of white nationalism, which means there is nothing in the interest of black people in this country for which he will support. And um, in, 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 in the next hour, I, I, I will give you my take because the rule that he rescinded last week was a project that I worked on for the last five years in public service. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy under um, Barack Obama. It wasn't easy under uh, Julian Castro because these people really do not understand how systemic and institutionalized racism is and when they do begin to have some understanding, it becomes overwhelming to them because they have to buck the system to change it. So, Alpha, you know, I just hope that I'm wrong. I, I really hope wrong. that I'm wrong. Okay. We are, we are at the last... I believe he will be reelected. There is there is nothing in my history that has caused me to to have an an evolved consciousness to believe that America will not stop him from stealing this election. I mean, look at look at Bill Barr. Bill Barr is the most dangerous man in in, in the world. And then you've got Jared Kushner who the only competency this guy really has is that he lived to see his father in in federal prison. And then on top of all of that, he married Donald Trump's daughter. Uh, I want to ask you a question that Purple Pill is asking in the chat room. And, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to deal with some of the other stuff because, you know, we all have our opinions. Um, what do you think, I mean, Purple Pill is asking, is there a distinction between the Republicans and the Democrats? You know, Ron Daniels used to say it's the twiddly D and the twiddly dumb. Well, there's a difference, like I've said. You've got one who is corporate, they lean to the corporate corporations and to the rich. You've got the other, uh, the other one who simply leans to the rich in Wall Street and they're willing to leave a few crumbs for those who follow them. So there is a difference. But when people tell you they're the lesser of two evils, and I say what? When has this country been anything other than evil? And that's the truth. So when someone says there's no difference, then I have to ask them, 
then where in the hell are you going? Who are you going to support? The third party? The Green Party has never won a damn thing. All they are are spoilers. So you don't like Democrats, you don't like Republicans, you were just out there. You were just out there screaming in the wind, and you continue to be out there. This is not about declaring that Democrats are better than Republicans. They are just as asinine as a Republican, but they are willing to leave something for the people. And that's what you have to understand. You could be anti-Democrat, anti-Republican, but where are you going? Where are you going? What? Where are you going politically? And if that, it don't matter where you go. Why are you here? Why? Why are you? Why are you on the on the site posting trolling? That's what you're doing. You're trolling because if your theology has absolutely no point, then you have no point. Mm-hmm. Well, ego is what drives it. You know, like part, part of the problem, part of the problem is, um, and I've been saying it a lot lately, is that um, people know history, people read, and they think they know history, um, and what they know is... Um, is not the same thing as understanding it. Well, you know. What is that? What is that Mark Twain said? I didn't let my schooling get in the way of my education because the schools have not and have not taught me anything. But afterwards, mm-hmm. I taught my education, and that's just the bottom line. No, this is. <laughs> And I, I I see the the the, the, sim, the simplicity of what Purple Pill is posting, and I'm not saying he's wrong, but I asked him the question: Where, where is he? Well, going? he's 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 been he's been kicked out because uh, that's not the patrolman. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can't deal with. Mm-hmm. I have no tolerance, out. no more tolerance, and I. What the hell? I can't close this thing. So, um, Purple Pill has left the building. Um, yeah, now you got to get out of that window. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. How <laughs> you know? I learned that when I uh, tried to get you in a private conversation, and once I did, if you didn't respond, uh-huh. I said, she ain't, even, she ain't even looking at the chat room. Let me get out of here. Yeah, so I am. I'm to always looking at the chat room. I'm always looking at the chat room. I couldn't get out of that window. I said, what the hell? You know, but it's just, let's face I don't know what they did in, in my absence. I don't know what they did to this the, 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 the chat room, but... Um, 
I've complained about it. Now I can't see anything. I can't chat. I can't do nothing. Alpha, what else is on your plate tonight? Well, I think this is it's just a sad day in America. America's under yeah, attack. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, the so-called uh, oversight, the people who we voted, they got the majority in the, in the Congress, and they're supposed to be tying this man up with oversight, subpoenas, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's killing Americans, and now he wants to kill your children. And they're going to send their children to school so the children can come home and affect their parents and their grandparents. This is the most asinine, <laughs> asinine story of Donald Trump. And they've got a uh, they've got a montage that came out in May, mm-hmm. and it's a five month uh, episode after episode of neglect. I ask you, I ask you this, and why wasn't this brought up? The Japanese just bombed Pearl Harbor. Oh, let's let the states handle that. These states, you handle that individually by yourself. Lusitania, it was just sent by German U-boats. Oh, no, no, let's let, let's let the states handle that individually. And that's what he mm-hmm. has done. He has basically removed the national response to this pandemic and has allowed it to spread. He is on the side of the pandemic. This is the perfect storm in which he has created. Mm-hmm. And that's how he will win re-election. Mm-hmm. People and the people who have died and their loved ones will basically sit around and allow him to be rewarded for his insidiousness. And that's all this is, completely mm-hmm. insidious. And you can't, we can't do a thing about it because there aren't enough people paying attention. But I gotta tell you, election after election, progressives and people are coming out to vote. And if that happens, he can't win, regardless of what he does. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that the people will overcome the the cheat the suppression. Look at Florida. Get those 1.4 million convicts the right to vote again and make sure they register and make sure they get to the polls. Even if you can, even if you got to bust them there your damn self, get them to the polls. Don't just pay the fine. You got to help them there. But the one you thing know, I feel the most is when when uh, Joe Biden becomes president, they do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Alpha, um, I've got another caller. 
but um, I like your review. I, I like your review. I know it's pessimistic at best. It's um, always pessimistic. But, yeah, yeah. Put um, me on mute. I will. Thank you for your call. That was Alpha of the Alpha Show. You know, you come in here and... Um, no, I ain't going to say nothing. 646, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Yeah, I respect you too, Jed. It's just Jay. You and Alpha are two of the most long-winded people I know, but I enjoy it. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm a talk listen, show host. What do you want? One. You got another long-winded one coming on Saturday night. Hopefully, I'll be back in town in time to listen. But listen, what mm-hmm. I wanted to say to both you and Alpha was, you know, the problem with all of this really is the Democratic Party. they just such a waste, man. they just so, they just so terrible in running a campaign and putting forward a narrative to really show how horrible Trump is and to galvanate people to want to vote for Biden, who is, a, who is just as bad, and if not more, disaster than Trump is, if the truth be told. I don't know if you heard that nonsense that he spoke today about, did you have a drug test, and are you a junkie, and all yeah, that. Yeah, he, he sounded, he sounded confused. You know, he was trying to, be, he was trying to do his best in, uh, in, in in uh, impersonation of uh he was trying to ride the body of Barack Obama being clever and it really didn't work. Not and at that's all. why yeah, yeah. I mean but you know what, Jay, I keep saying and I keep saying and I'll say it again. It is our fault he is the candidate. Oh well I, I think I'm not gonna blame see see let me say this to you and let me be clear from the beginning. I don't blame black people at all for this nonsense. I blame white people for it. It's it's those who are the individuals who go along with a person that basically is inept, stupid, doesn't know what he's doing, has shown you numerous times that he's not fit for the job, he has no clue or no idea on what he's doing, he's killing your parents, he's killing your kids, and for what? I mean, because in all actuality, if he doesn't win re-election, he's going to jail. Believe me when I tell you, they go get him. They they go get him, and he knows they're gonna get him. But the thing is, you have enablers, which are the racists in this society, that will allow him to continue to be in office. Like I think the worst. Human being in politics, Mitch McConnell. I mean, a person like Mitch McConnell is beyond the devil to me. I think he's worse than Trump, if the truth be told. I mean, the things that this man is doing in office, if people had the understanding and the intelligence to know what politics should really be about, he should be courted. He should be. He, he should be 
done done away with at the drop. But I, and, and you gotta remember this, which nobody talks about, is the condition of his state of Kentucky. Oh, you white folks there live horribly. And it's only because yeah, but, but the but the woman the woman that's running behind him, I mean uh, against him, she didn't have a chance in hell. I saw her polling from Kentucky the other night. Her name is Sally something. <laughs> yeah, but who fault is that? That's yeah, the Democratic yeah. Party's fault. Yeah, That's not nobody's yeah. fault other than the Democratic Party because they don't have the leadership nor the vision. Because Paul Perez is a piece of garbage. He shouldn't have never been in the position if, if our so-called hero, Barack Obama, didn't do what he did to Keith Ellison. Let's be honest about that. That's why we're in the position that we're in, because our so-called hero, Barack Obama, blocked Keith Ellison. Because Keith Ellison would have done a way better job than Tom Perez has. Tom Perez, if you be honest, you don't even see this fool out there. I mean, it's just tragic in all honesty, Janice, the way that the Democratic Party is being run. And you know what's even worse? It's those black individuals who get on TV, like the Jason Johnson, the Tiffany Cross, you know what I mean, the Moody, the Moody, you know, whatever's, and some of the others. Uh-huh. I want to know this one thing, Janice. Why haven't they all come together in a room collectively and put together an agenda on how they're going to dominate and get black people out? Do you really do you party? really think do you really think the establishment of the Democratic National Committee cares about Jason Johnson and Tiffany Cross? They don't. Uh, I think I think I think this Janice that Tiffany Cross and Jason Johnson and the rest of them crowds make it seem like they have some sort of love for black people. Like they have some sort of agenda for black people, that they have some sort of vision for black people, which is all BS. You know what I mean? The thing is, I think that some of them are extremely talented. I think that they have the ability, if they came together collectively, that they could do something. But it's unfortunately because black people worship them for whatever reason. I don't understand, even though I think Tiffany Cross is pretty talented. I don't know if you watched the work that she did on AM Joy show compared to that crowd. I did, card. and I've Man, always, I've always thought, I've always thought that her analysis, uh, her intuitiveness, uh, and her ear to the ground has been excellent. Oh, no question. But, but, I agree with that. But here, here's the here, here's the problem. The problem is that you're still dealing with a system with mainstream media. You know, like Jason Johnson took over the route, and he still couldn't make a go of it. And you have to ask yourself the question, why is that? Yeah, but they showed what they thought of him when he made that comment that he made about uh, about women, and they basically hook, round, and sinking him for He was on months. suspension. Yeah, yeah he they, was they treated him like a little boy. Like he was yep, a little yep. boy. Now, 
if you're really about your business, you're supposed to be in a position to whereas you your voice don't stop being heard. And you know the sad thing is that you did it on the Karen Hunter show on Sirius, and you know she's never had him back on her show. These are the type of big roles that but, but you Jay, with no character. Jay, here, 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 here's the bottom line. You know, I think Karen Hunter is very talented. She's a I joke. Think, I, I think she's very talented at what she does. She is entertainment. She is she is not a political being. And please stop posting shit. But anyway, but uh, uh, and 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 the thing is that I I get very resentful when I look at the body of work that I have done and 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 the pioneers that have been in this business of talk radio. And black folks, we give it away. I give it away for free, but black folks, about a million, are paying thirty dollars a month to get it on Sirius Radio. Hey, 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 listen, listen, BJ, listen. I don't pay. I don't pay no full price for those Sirius Radio. You know me better than that. But the point of the matter, the point of the matter is this. I want to know why. People don't come together, so-called democratic strategists and pundits as black people, and put together a collective analysis on how we going to galvanize this so-called community to get rid of this clown in office. Because you know if he gets reelected, you know they're going to blame black people, right? You know we got to be the ones blamed for this. You yeah. you know it because you know they blamed us for the fool getting in office in the first place, which wasn't true. It was white women. You know what I mean? But the point of the matter is this, BJ. This is real talk. If you don't have a plan and you don't have an agenda and you don't have independent media like yourself to be able to do the necessary things to put forward the message, then you can't expect nothing from these people if all you're doing is getting your information from CNN and MSNBC. Now, listen, I got issues with Roman Martin, but I must give give the guy credit. He is a journalist. He do put forward some pretty good information in regards to how we should act and behave. Now, the others, they just try to keep that MSNBC and CNN check coming in and they face on TV instead of standing up and being held accountable for their actions on how they're leading black folks into this farce of Joe Biden. Because anytime you put your situation based upon Who's going to be the black woman that Joe Biden put, picks to determine if you're going to vote for him or not with somebody like this clown in office? Something's fundamentally wrong with your thinking. 
Well, you know, the the other thing is strategically this whole discussion about who's going to be the vice president, they have made a mess of it. Uh, I agree. So, you know, and 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 you're you're absolutely right. They're going to use it. I mean, I don't know how it got to who's going to be the black vice president, woman president. That's crazy, dear. Yeah. Vice president. Yeah, yeah, because if you take Kamala Harris out of the out of the Senate, if you take Elizabeth Warren out of the Senate, you're taking a risk that I don't think we can afford to that that the Democrats and can on, afford to and take. On top of that, and on top of that, what's even worse is putting an animal like Susan Rice as the vice president. If I had to take someone. I'll be honest with you, and they were black, I would probably go with Val Demings. I think well, Val Demings, she would be the gotta, one you, I would pick. Well, Val Demings, had her own, Val Demings had her own problems in the Tampa Police Department. So, yeah, um, but, I, but, I, but I, she, has a, she, has a, she has a better, she has a better chance of serving the people that an animal like Susan Rice. Susan Rice well, is, I, is, is 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 horrible. Well, I, I, mean, I will tell you one thing history. about Susan Rice. She's Let me horrible. tell you one thing about Susan Rice. If if he if he really wants to serve this country and and begin to up in the mess that Donald Trump has made of foreign affairs, Susan Rice should be his. Secretary of State. Yeah, she but knows. Wait, 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 wait. We got to stop having people who have to learn the system, and by the time the term is over, they're they're getting a sense of how it works. Yeah, but BJ, I agree with what you're saying, but the difference is this: our development in this country moving forward is not going to be on the world stage. It's gonna be. Yeah, I understand that, but we've this, got we've got to fix some we're things. We're in real serious trouble. Yeah, I, I, but but, DJ, but we're but in here, real serious trouble in this country. We don't yes, even know. Yes. We don't even realize, honestly, BJ, how serious, how serious we, as a not only black people, but white people, are in trouble economically in this country. Do you know that the homeless population in this country is going to be like back in the 30s in the, in, in, mm-hmm. in, at the Great Depression? We're in a depression. Yeah, but I know We're but, in a but, depression. I know that, but most people don't understand that. They don't even have a clue. Do you know within the next four or five months what this economy is going to be like, BJ? And, and, and the suffering that people are going through, and I tell you this as a landlord, I tell you this as a landlord, the people that I that I'm that I'm dealing with, they suffering, and the only thing that's saving them is I got compassion. I understand what's at I understand that what's at play, and I'm smart enough to deal mm-hmm. with Section Eight. But believe me when I'm telling you, there are so many people out here that are on the verge of foreclosure, being displaced and evicted from their homes, 
Oh, BJ, it's about to get bad. In New York, I'm being honest with you. I know how you stay in the house in Florida. I'm at the point where I may not even go out my house with the, over the next six months other than to the grocery store and to a doctor's appointment. That's how bad it's well, going I to think get. That's, I th- yeah, that, that, I, I think that a lot of people are in that in, in that position. Hey, Jay, I got to go because I want to do something in the second hour. But you but to you, sister. It's good to hear from you, um, but I think that one of the things that we've got to do and one of the things I want to talk about in the second hour is is accountability and we have to and we have to start at home uh we We can't continue to to expend and exhaust our political currency with people who are not going to fight for us, not just represent us, fight for us, and understand the systemic nature of the problems that we face economically, the problems that we face in terms of health disparities. Fight for us, not just represent us. And and and, and, and Geo Moses in the chat room, you're absolutely right. They're playing checkers talking about the Democrats, instead of chess. And they're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. Jay, thanks for your call. Look forward to hearing from you on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that long with the conversation. <laughs> Bye, BJ. Good to hear from you. That's Jay. Uh, he is uh, one of our regulars. He's always with us. We're going to take a little break. Um, I can't I can't talk in the chat room because somehow when I was kicking people out of the, the trolls out of the chat room, um, um, it it won't let me now it won't let me type in the chat room or something I don't know what the heck is going on, so we're gonna uh, take a break and when we come back uh, I really want to talk about this thing that we need to talk about um, accountability, accountability in our own communities. We have got to stop doing so much talking and start organizing, even at the smallest level. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, 
We had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. for you. How do you wake up the entire African-American community to the hidden issue of mental health? It showed up in my life through one of my best friends. And we've been friends for over 30 years. One story at a time. If we would have known earlier, you know, we would have been more, much more supportive with her. Once I reached out to my sister, it got a little better. Once I told my mother, it got a little better. The more... I talked about it. I felt it coming off. The healing is in me, and the healing in a journey can also be extended to others. It's our community and our mental health. Giving voice to what you're feeling is part of the healing. If you're strong enough to just open your mouth, that's all it takes. And the most revolutionary and healing thing that black people can do right now is to love one another. It's time to share ourselves. Healing starts with us. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and the Stay Strong Foundation. You're listening to Truth. I want to know why I'm fine one minute and the next. My body aches so bad I can't move. I want to know why my hair is falling out. I'm only 17. I'm tired all the time. Now, this rash. I just want to know what's going on. When you don't have the right answers, it may be time to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council.
And now back to Janet. And thank you for being here at our common ground on M. Comtano Wednesday night open mic. Uh, it is, an, for those of you like uh, haven't been around, this is our um, Wednesday night. Um, your calls drive the agenda. But one of the things I want to talk about is this whole accountability and how we think about um, what we're doing. So I've got this clip. I want you to take a listen to it. And um, we can talk about it on the other side. a lot of things talking of the people making commentary um interestingly enough the ones i've noticed that have been making the commentary are wealthy black people making the commentary about we should not be um rioting we should not be looting we should not be tearing up our own communities and then there's been an argument of the other side of we should be hitting them in the pocket we should be focusing on the blackout days where we don't spend money um but you know I feel like we should do both, and I feel like I support both, and I'll tell you why I support both. I support both because there's, when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices, and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up, and that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters, and the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why, and that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then, let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country, in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting, that's their only opportunity to get it. We need to be questioning that why. Why are people that poor? Why are people that broke? Why are people that that food insecure, that clothing insecure, that they feel like their only shot, that they are shooting their shot, 
by walking through a broken glass window to get what they need. And then people want to talk about, well, there's plenty of people who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got it on their own. Why can't they do that? Let me explain to you something about economics in America. And I'm so glad that as a child I got an opportunity to spend time at PUSH where they taught me this, is that we must never forget that economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the south and the textile work in the north. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the south and the textile work in the north. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you, and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money, I didn't allow you to have anything on the board, I didn't allow for you to have anything, and then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly, and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are pla- those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores, where we owned our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them, and then you have to turn it over to them. So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your car. They burn your monopoly money. And then finally at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made, and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood, how can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have, that if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. 
Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now back to Janice. That was a hard, hard to listen to. And I apologize I didn't give you the normal disclosure to get your children out of the room. But what this young woman, just 30, is asking is how do we win? How do we win? What do we care about? What has our history meant to us? Just how do we win? Our number is 347-838-9852. And if you'd like to talk with us about what this young activist, but, but, you know, one of the things that really caught me the first time I listened to her was she said somebody taught her. Somebody at PUSH taught her to understand how we came to this place at this time and how we have been here for so long. And we keep playing Monopoly. We keep playing the game, understanding that we are not going to win. So how do we win? And I'm wondering where are the architects of a new game where the social contract is that everybody gets a fair chance to win are even and unfair. You know, this whole thing, uh, I've been arguing on this program for years and years and years where people are talking about we need fair equity in inner city schools for education. We don't need equal funding. We need unequal funding. We don't need fair housing. We need unequal fair housing. We need unequal housing. We need more than we have been willing to ask for because we feel guilty. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Because we feel ashamed. There's no shame in their game. All you have to do is track Donald Trump. He has a crime syndicate running on our taxpayer dollars through our government. So we invite your your response to this young activist. You know, and the thing is that she, what she represents for me as I listen to her is another generation of black activists who are desperate. Desperate to find solutions. Desperate to find a way out. Desperate to break through. And she doesn't know 
but she has insight. And, and and it was really interesting when she said the people who are benefiting, you remember how we talk about the people who benefited from the executive order 11246, which was a historically monumental executive order signed by Lyndon Johnson that essentially initiated the notion of affirmatively acting to eradicate the present effects of past discrimination. That's what affirmative action is. Eradicate the present effects of past discrimination. That's what reparations is. To address the current, the outcome of past discrimination against black people, of past past acts of terror, both economic and social and physical terror, and to pay the debt that is owed for free labor. That is what reparations is. So anyway... When Lyndon Johnson signed Executive Order 11246, it was an order that addressed the requirements of the Civil Rights Act of 1963, Title VII in employment, Title VIII in education. So they had to go back, even after they passed the law, the civil rights law, they had to go back and say, okay, you know, people aren't doing what the law says, and instead of putting them in jail, instead of firing them from their jobs, instead of uh, putting them in prison, we're going to say some more about it. And that was Executive 11246, which said, that in addition to providing equal employment opportunity, equal education opportunity, you must do some additional things which will eradicate the current effects of past discrimination. And that's all reparations is. Eradicate the social, the uh, the economic, the educational atrocities perpetrated against black people in the past and pay the debt that is owed as a result of the outcomes. Pay the debt that is owed for free labor. So who should participate in that? And and, and this woman, I, 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 uh, I should remember, but... Um, I, I don't remember her name, but her name is Kimberly Wynum or something, and I really, really uh, am appreciative of broadcasters like Trevor Noah who actually heard it on YouTube and invited him, her on his show. And, and, and to tell you, Jay, uh, if you're still with us, how um, mainstream media works, once Trevor Noah had her on his show, then everybody else wanted her. 
uh, and it's like uh, Renee Graham of the Boston Globe once. Um, I mean, somebody always some some whiteness, some system of whiteness has to affirm black people who are smart. And once that happens, they'll have them on. Ellie Mistal, they don't even know what to do with him. <laughs> Every time he comes on, he blows up the place. And then some executive producer says, oh, no, wait a minute. You know, yeah, he was good. He was really good. And people really will watch him. But we got to be careful about him. But let's go back to this whole idea. So uh, five years ago, Sean Donovan, who was the secretary of HUD at the time, formed a task force, and I happened to be on that task force. And one of the things, the question of the task force was, why isn't, why aren't the laws which govern equal opportunity in housing, in housing opportunities and in housing support programs working? for certain groups of people. And one of the things that I kept going back to, because my expertise happened to have been in (coughs) law related to Title VII and Executive Order 11246, it says you've got to look at Executive Order 11246, and the task force ended up getting Barack Obama when he, in his second term, to, it, we started in his first term, but in his second term, to sign a rule which was essentially a directive um, uh, giving direction to how you implement the Fair Housing Act. And what the affirmatively furthering fair housing rule does is it requires entities that receive housing monies, whether it be Fannie Mae money, whether it be Sally Mae money, whatever those funds are, however they get there, any HUD funds, that cities had to plan how they were going to affirmatively further fair housing within their jurisdiction using federal money. Well, that's what Donald Trump rescinded last week. And next week, you can expect expect that Donald Trump is going to visit either an executive order or another rule which will benefit those who don't who hold the line not in my backyard and relieve cities and states and housing authorities from implementing the basic tenets of that rule and of the Fair Housing Act. You can expect that. That's coming. He's already said it. That's why he was doing all that talking about protecting the suburbs last week. So here we have a 30-year-old asking us the question, how do we win? Well, damn, I have had, 
opportunities that few, very few black people have had in this country. And, and I'm getting lost in how do we win because there is no political infrastructure in to figure out how we use our political currency in a way so that we can win, so that we reinvent a game, we reinvent the game or we eliminate the game and put in another game. The number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to join me in that discussion. How do we win? How do – I mean, if, if when you listen to the, this that clip, you hear the terror in that young woman's voice. You hear the pain in that young woman's voice. You hear her desperate attempt to hold on to some hope and some faith that this country will somehow change and do right by her. I had a conference, I guess you don't call it a conference when it's your grandchildren, with my my two oldest grandchildren to listen to that and to listen to that clip and talk about it. Because I want them to be asking the question, how do I win? How do I win? How do we win? Who are we? Where's the political accountability? Where is the where we spend our currency. Black folks don't need to be in the street. Black folks need to be <coughs> organizing, excuse me, need to be organizing independent political movements. You know, like um, I'm trying to figure out, I've been trying to figure out now that I'm from under the two-year non-disclosure from spending so much time in federal service, nobody nobody out of the White House seems to even. I mean, John Bolton wrote his book, and everybody else. If I had if I had consulted or organized or done anything using the skills and the and the knowledge that I have, um, they would have come for me. So now I'm out of it, and I'm trying to figure out how do I. And I, I've had some long discussions with. Ron Daniels and his uh, and his organization and 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 provided some research papers and stuff to Incroba and and NARC, but I'm trying to figure out how do how do we begin to win, and we begin to do it at the local level. I, I look at what's going on at my local level. And it's the it's the Nigarati. They spend all of their political currency on on people and get them elected. Then they don't hold them responsible. Then they think that that's the end product. That we have a black person in the school board or on the county commission or who's the mayor or who's the city manager or the, the police chief or whatever. And we have spent all of our political currency on that with nothing to show for it. 
And I am saying to you as my audience, in the love of black people, how do we win? What are we doing? Who are the black people that we talk about that we love? Because when I look at the DNC and I look at Joe Biden and I look at all the people who are talking about who's going to be the vice president and blah, 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 they're not talking about poor black people. The people who need us. The people who have, they, they don't even know what their questions are. There's no more grassroots organizing. It's a whole bunch of people from the uh, academy. You know, and I have a lot of respect. I, I taught at Northeastern University and Simmons College for 14 years. I have a lot of respect for what college professors do. But it's not about writing papers. It's not about knowing history and not understanding it. It's not about knowing what black people's problems and the equity charts and the and the socio inequity statistics. It's about what we do for people and who people we're talking about and, and whether or not we're going to continue to spend our political capital Excuse me, and I hope you don't have any children in your in, in near your wherever you're listening. Spend our political capital on bullshit. I hope you'll join us on Saturday night um, with uh, Ruby Sales. We're going to be talking about Southern Comfort and the power of the porch, which really is about the power of us talking to each other, the power of us holding each other accountable, the power of us giving and having the support of other black people. I I just um, think that we have to do something different to answer the question of how we win. Because I will tell you that I have been on this microphone for this many years asking the same questions, um, raising the same issues. And since that time, we have had a black president, an African-American president, since that time, H.R. 40 in the U.S. Congress House has moved a little bit. Since that time, we probably have 10 times more talk shows about us. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you on Saturday night. You take care. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Rise like the day, rise up, in spite of the age. I will rise a thousand times again. Thank you for being with us tonight on Our Common Ground. Join us next Saturday night as we talk with you about issues of race and intersectionality. You! must know who you are the first thing in the morning and all the day long. Not because they told you, but because you know it, you feel it, you believe it, and you live it. Just who 
are you. The jungle is a mighty roar Took off like a shot from a 44 He found the elephant where the tall grass grows And said, I come to punch you in your long nose The elephant looked at the lion in surprise and said Boy, you better go pick on somebody your size But the lion wouldn't listen He made a pass The elephant slapped him down in the grass The lion roared and sprung from the ground when that elephant really went to town I mean he whipped that line for the rest of the day And I still don't see how the line got away But he dragged on off, more dead than alive And that's when that monkey started his signifying job He loved music, he loved playing his instrument, and you know the times that we did jam together uh, were amazing, with all the various people he would bring together, and most of all he brought all the various cultures together. Um, he could play classical music if he wanted to, he could play jazz if he wanted to, he could play country if he wanted to, he played rock, you know, he played blues, he played pop and you know, everything. He was just a great musician. And um <laughs> 
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.